What's up, sons and daughters? It is Sam, Jesse, and I am back with the crew, Chris and Robert, for the Locks of Saturday. Fellas, it is Super Bowl week. Super Bowl 52 is upon us, the final football game of the 2021-2022 season. Fellas, Bengals and Rams. We're going to get to it, but how excited are you for this matchup? I'll say I was definitely, I mean, no, how could we have expected this to be the matchup at the beginning of the season? Like going into it, just Bengals, Rams, here we are, Super Bowl weekend in Los Angeles. I definitely did not see this coming at all. I didn't either, but I, I'm all about it, man. I mean, watching Joe Burrow has been so yes. much fun. And the Rams, too. I mean, from a roster standpoint, they're arguably the most talented team in the league. So this has been, this is a really, really fun matchup. I'm really excited for it. I don't think we've seen a Super Bowl with this much wide receiver talent in a very long time. You look at guys like just for the Rams, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, and then a tight end, you have Higby. For the Bengals, you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Uzama's the tight end, like boy, like Tyler Boyd's on there. Like there's so many incredible pass catchers. We're gonna get to that later in this podcast, but wow, there's a ton of talent on the field in Los Angeles for Super Bowl. 52. So tonight, guys, we are going to cover the game spread and the over-under, of course. And then we're going to hit up some DraftKings Super Bowl 52 special props. Those will be a lot of fun. There are some great parlays in those specials on DraftKings Sportsbook. And then we're going to hit the fun novelty props. Those are things like Gatorade color, uh, how long is the national anthem, all that fun degenerate stuff. And guys, all of this, again, is on the DraftKings Sports app because the moment you've been waiting for since September is finally here. And in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, that's okay. There are still a ton of amazing parlays and props on DraftKings Sportsbook for Super Bowl 56. DraftKings offers a wide range of props throughout the big game, before the game, during the game. You can hit up flash props. That's every play, runner, pass, first down, touchdown, all of that jazz during the game. Super fun. And only DraftKings is going to offer that to you. And you can take your shot at winning cash by predicting props like if a non-quarterback will throw a touchdown pass, fourth down conversions, total yardage, anything you can think of, DraftKings has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code SOS, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 or more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code SOS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Virginia only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. I mean, if you haven't signed up for, for DraftKings with our promo code yet in Virginia, this is this is the game to do it because you're being given money to do it at this point. $280 if you get the the right team. That's crazy. For five bucks. That's wild. It's great. It's great. I love it. I love it. I might drive back to Virginia just to do it. <laughs> I thought about that today. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I thought about that yeah. today. 
Yeah, me and Sam are North Carolina boys, and we are struggling. <laughs> I can imagine a day, like, you know how they put, like, those uh, interstate liquor stores, like, right on the border of some states that have different pricing. There's going to be, like, interstate gambling depots on the on the state lines until, I guess, North Carolina gets their act together and finally figures out that uh, sports sports betting is a beautiful thing. Right, yeah, Virginia or or if you're there. like, uh, oh, go ahead. No, Tanville, Virginia, and South Boston and Emporia might become you know, some gambling capitals of the East coast. You never just know. a bunch oh, of degenerates sitting in these, these, <laughs> these, uh, since abandoned towns that are going to start building these facilities for us. And so, so we can all congregate and, and put up some insane same game parlays while we stream it on their, uh, pretty bad broadband in the middle of nowhere and, and just enjoy, enjoy the, the moment that is the Super Bowl betting weekend in about half of America. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, it's like how if you're uh, living in Charlotte, like I am, you drive, you know, 10 miles across the state line to South Carolina and you can get all the fireworks you want down in South Carolina. No restrictions. I just I just wait for the day that it's like that in North Carolina. It's the opposite. Where South Carolina people are coming here to bet, but well, alas. Speaking of fireworks, we were kind of talking about this. It, there could be a lot of fireworks in this game. Two quarterbacks that are playing really well, two offenses that are playing really well, and a lot of talent on defense as well. So, fellas, obviously the big bet here is the game spread. It is currently at Cincinnati Bengals plus four and plus 170 on the money line versus the home team, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, if for some reason you don't know, the game is on Sunday on NBC at 6.30. We'll get to the over-under in the next segment. Over-under for this game is 48 and a half. That has stayed pretty consistent, um, as has the money line, but there has been a little bit of movement with the game line. Uh, We were talking about that a little bit earlier. It's bumped between four and four and a half. What do you guys think that means going into this game? I think uh, just to kind of, kick it off. Uh, I do think it's one of those ones where the very beginning of the week is usually dominated. I guess in this case, the last week is usually dominated by the Sharps, the kind of Vegas faithful. They're the ones that have the ability to kind of move the needle when it comes to the early betting lines. A lot of the general public usually come in as, you know, you start getting the, 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 the sports talking head kind of inputs. They get talked into one position versus the other. And then you get that national movement where you can start seeing it move the line one way or the other. And then based off of that input, generally you see the Vegas reaction. So it's usually like an ebb and a flow to it. So the fact that the line started at four, went up to four and a half, to me means that there was probably a good amount of money coming in early on the um, on the Rams moving that line up and then with all of the narrative and we're going to talk about this a little bit, but all the narrative, there's a lot of Joe Burrow was the next Tom Brady talk. I don't know if you guys have been, I don't know, just listening to anything in general, but every single podcast or anything I've listened to is basically that we are now witness to the next greatness, the next goat. And then that moved the line for the Bengals. And plus a lot of people just probably want to go against the Rams. It's the LA team and stuff. They like the good underdog story. And guess what? The line moved back down to now we're back minus four. And a half point doesn't seem like a lot, but that is a very valuable half point to have. Well, considering that four is kind of a football number too, right? Yes. So that's, I think, the big thing 
about this. If this is moving between five and five and a half, I don't think it would make much difference. But the fact no. that it's between four and four and a half, and that opportunity for a push there at plus four kind of, I mean, goes away. So I think that's a big part of it. And I also think a big part of it is so much of the general public is rooting for the Bengals that um, you, it, it is a bit more lopsided than most Super Bowls in that way. Uh, Robert, I'm going to have you start. Here it is. Great. Bengals Rams. Yeah. Yeah. It, with this line, it does almost seem like, because yeah, it kind of opened at four and it was four for a while and then it jumped up to four and a half. And then it very quickly went back down to four. So it does kind of feel like, you know, all the money was being funneled towards the Rams. So they're like, all right, we'll move it to four and a half. And then they quickly realize, all right, wait, no, never mind. That's not a good idea. Let's move it back down to four. Um, but I, I, I think I'm gravitating towards the thought of that original money movement towards the Rams. Um, you know, it's been hard because I guess everyone with a podcast these days has their opinion on this game. Cause this is, you know, the biggest single sporting event of the year and pretty much every person that I've listened to, if they like the Rams, you know, they list out all these reasons, right? Like they list out, you know, Aaron Donald and Von Miller and that Rams pass rush, Jalen Ramsey and what he can do to slow down Jamar Chase or T Higgins and all of these reasons why the Rams are a better team on paper. And then you look at the people arguing on behalf of the Bengals and their rationale is Joe Burrow. And it's like, well, you know, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think that we're witnessing maybe not at the next Tom Brady, but I think we're witnessing one of the next great quarterbacks um, that's going to dominate the league for a while. Um, but he's he can't do it all himself. And the reality here is that Joe Burrow's offensive line is not very good and his defense is not as good as the Rams. It just isn't. And so I look at this matchup and on paper, I mean, you know, it's it's Sam's favorite catchphrase, bet the numbers, not the teams. And the numbers, as you look at the stats, what the what the Rams can do against the run, what they can do against the pass, they're arguably the best defense in football. Um, it really plays into the Bengals' weaknesses. I just, you know, we'll get a little, or I'll get a little bit more into uh, the Rams' pass rush later on when we talk about the props. But I do think that the pass rush is going to cause too many problems. Um, you know, Burrow's really good, but he ain't Superman. And yeah, I think the Rams' offense makes enough plays, and I think they cover the spread, probably win the game by a touchdown, maybe even 10 points. I agree. Uh, and we can definitely go into some of the more advanced metrics and there's a couple of reasons I really, really like the Rams because of it. But I wanted to start with just the, the thing that struck me. And that was, you know, obviously the narrative around Joe Burrow, the fact that he is, you know, the, the Mr. Cool under pressure and he can be like the next Brady Montana type esque quarterback, but um, he's in year two. And so there's a very, there's a very special list of year two quarterbacks who've won a Super Bowl. And that is usually because it's not only that they're a good quarterback, but they're surrounded by elite talent, both on the offensive and defensive side, especially the defensive side. And they usually have a really, really good head coach. And so the list of quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl in year two is four. And 
I'm going to start with the 99 Rams, even though that was Kurt Warner. And essentially at that point, his year two, he was like 45 years old and former Iowa barnstormer and, and the leader of the greatest show on turf. But, you know, that was technically his year two in the NFL. He also had a top five defense to go with that number one offense and Dick Vermeil, who's a Hall of Fame head coach. So not a bad supporting cast to go with that Super Bowl ring that they got that season. 2001, Tom Brady. Another example, you don't think of them being this kind of juggernaut type team going through, very reminiscent of what people are comparing to what the Rams, excuse me, the, uh, the Bengals are this season. But we now know that that was Tom Brady, and we also know that that was Bill Belichick, and we also know that that defense had some really, really solid players on it. People forget uh, the New England defense in 2001. Um, just to kind of name a few, they had Richard Seymour, Mike Brable, Teddy Bruschi, Ty Long, Lawyer Malloy in that season. You know, not only were they a bunch of pro bowlers, they have some all pros and Hall of Famers on that side of the ball. Guess what? This Bengal defense is not that. Uh, going into 2005, uh, Irby, you'll appreciate this. Ben Roethlisberger was one of them. 2005, team, kind of the same thing. We Legend. now know that Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer type on defense, or excuse me, on offense there for them. Uh, but they also had at the time that was Bill Cowher. Um, and then you also had... The uh, was that Bill Cowher? Or was that Mike Tomlin's first year? I can't remember when it was Mike Bill. Tomlin's it was Bill Cowher. That was Bill like the Cowher, very end, but, right? Uh, yeah, but they I'll also hijack your point a little bit. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't even throw a touchdown that game. So no, you had uh, a, a a really really good defensive line. They had Farrier, Foot, Porter, um, Palomalu was on that defense. You know, th- there was a reason that they were uh, able to win a Super Bowl with Roethlisberger as a quarterback. And the last example is the 2013 Seattle Seahawks, Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson in year two. Well, guess what? He had Pete Carroll and how many all pros, future Hall of Famers and on that team as well. So then you compare that every single defense comparably had a top five defense. Every single team had a top coach of the entire NFL in that year and Hall of Fame level type head coach. And you look at this Bengals team. Uh, I believe they have one of the five worst secondaries in the NFL this season. Uh, They have a fairly average defensive line. Good, not great. Um, And I also think that, you know, also is a little bit bad look for them because that's a defensive line that played some pretty bad offenses in the AFC North. So their numbers are even further skewed to being a little bit worse um, in my opinion, just because they haven't had to, they had to play six games against some pretty mid-level type offenses. Um, and on the, uh, what is it? The offensive line. So you kind of shape all those things together. And I think, okay, I'm basically going to pick the Rams straight up in this game regardless, but is there a lot of value there? So the goal is to look at that minus four. Well, now you start getting backed up by all the other uh, points here, which for me was a big thing is the Rams are a top, red zone touchdown prohibiting team on defense. So it's not only they have a good defense, they keep you out of the end zone. So if your goal is to have, you know, Evan McPherson hit like a million field goals in this game, and that's how you're going to win for the Bengals and keep the Rams out of the end zone. Good luck. Uh, But you're not going to beat the Rams kicking field goals. You have to score touchdowns in this game and the Rams are good at preventing the other team. So uh, the fact that their offensive line gives up a bunch of sacks, uh, Law, do me yard losing type plays on offense and the inability for uh, them to probably score touchdowns in this game. They're going to have to score long touchdowns in order to be able to score, in my opinion. Um, that just means that the Rams are probably going to have the margin uh, required to cover that 
uh, that minus four. So I even liked them at minus four and a half when it went up to that point. Um, and I'm definitely taking them at minus four. You know, it's, this is definitely a game of, you know, what does your brain tell you versus what does your heart tell you? And, and this is the, this is the quintessential game of that nature. For me, I'm looking at the Bengals and I've, you know, I followed the Bengals pretty closely during the regular season, you know, being a Browns fan and being in that division. And they were never that good in the regular season. They, they, they weren't, I mean, they were probably a field goal kick away from not even making the playoffs. Um, obviously you don't know how the last week of games would go with teams sitting their starters and stuff, but like they were probably a game away from not making the playoffs. And at times they looked really bad, but I think the improvement that the Bengals have made from middle of the season to right now is really astronomical. So I think when we're thinking of this team as a young team, like you said, with a young quarterback, a young coach, a young defense, young receivers, they've matured a lot this year. And I think that's very impressive. As for the Rams, they are by far the most talented team. And on paper, they should wipe the floor with them. My my fear for the Rams is that they have kind of, in a way, they haven't been tested nearly as hard as the Bengals have this postseason. We They had already seen the Cardinals play twice. They played them at home, and we knew kind of all season that the Cardinals were a bit fraudulent, right? That, you know, they got off to a good start in the regular season, but they weren't great all year. We knew they were a bit fraudulent, and it was exposed really quickly. And obviously, there were some internal issues that we now know of with the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray and Kingsbury and all that. And then they go and play at Tampa Bay. Obviously, you have to go up against Tom Brady in the playoffs, and that's never easy. But that was Tampa Bay without a lot of starters. And that was Tampa Bay with their third string running back. And that was Tampa Bay without three of their starting offensive linemen, including uh, all pro Tristan Wirfs. You have that, and you barely win that game. They almost come back. And then you come home, and you play the Niners. And are the Niners a good team? Yes, but they're one-dimensional offensively. And they squeaked into the playoffs. So I, I, it's not that like they've kind of not lucked their way into the playoffs, but they haven't really been dominant against teams that are kind of fraudulent coming into the playoffs. And that's what scares me about this Rams team. They're not going to have a home field advantage. We all know that because they can't have a home field advantage in a home playoff game. If we look at what, the Cincinnati Bengals have done going to Nashville and winning that game against the Titans. Were the Titans great? No, but they've gutted that game out. They beat the Raiders and they beat the Chiefs on the road. And I think Chiefs on the road, that test was way more impressive than anything the Rams have done probably all season. So when I look at this game specifically, it's really hard for me to say that the Rams will go out and win this game by a touchdown or more. And to be honest, it's going to be so much more fun rooting for the Bengals than it will be rooting for the Rams. It just will be. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is special. We've seen that in him. I think you know the momentum of this team is special, and I think defensively they're going to play well enough to keep Joe Burrow in this game. They don't have to play perfect. They don't have to play even great for 60 minutes. They just have to play good enough to let this Bengals team go. I like 
Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals plus four. It is a tight, tight pick. Head says Rams, heart says Bengals. I'm going to go with the heart. I'm going to go with Joey Burrow. No, I like it. It's just the one thing that gives me pause on my Rams pick was, I mean, we all talked about, I mean, assuming I think pretty much all of us talked about that the Rams on paper do have a significant advantage in pretty much each side of the football, just on paper and metrically as well. And yet the spread opened at four. That was the only thing that gave me pause. It's like, what is Vegas looking at here in this game right now that I'm not seeing and thinking that this should be a higher spread going into this game. And I know traditionally the easy on paper favorite generally has some sort of a flop in the game. So there has been a history of like markedly favorited Super Bowl teams having complete disasters of a game. I mean, last year was a big one. I think was it Kansas City was favored by three last year and and it wasn't even a game basically. And yeah, but, let's look at this for the Rams. Like I have their schedule yeah. pulled up now. Regular season, what was their best win? At Arizona, who we knew was kind of a dumpster fire. They won that game by seven. At Indianapolis, they won that game by three. Looking at the schedule, I mean, they do have the Tampa Bay win. When Tampa Bay was healthy, I think that's the best one early in the season. But other than that, it's, you know, they beat the Giants, the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars, uh, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, well, the thing, this is where I went. I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on them. This is where I went with it. And this is the parallel. I'm going to flip it on you a little bit just to see if I can get a little bit of a a thought exercise here. So last year, what was the, the early kind of, wow, they should be good. And then they kind of muddled through the season, but then they got it together towards the end and they had the quarterback and it took a while for them to coalesce and they had an awesome defense and it finally came to fruition in the playoffs. It was the Bucks. Yeah, And the team that they played had a great quarterback with an insanely flawed offensive line going into the game. And what happened in the Super Bowl last year, the Bucs boat raced them and the defensive line dominated. And you go into this game and it's kind of the exact same type of script. Oh, we just have to believe in Burrow like we all had to believe in Mahomes. Well, is that going to be the case? I mean, the one uh game that showed the insane flaw was in the playoffs with the Titans and they got sacked nine times. And pretty much the only reason they won that game was just because the Titans couldn't get out of their own way on offense. They were just abhorrent. And I just don't see that in the Rams. And so I'm, I'm still trying to find a reason that the Bengals should not only cover, but even have a kind of inside edge of winning the game. I think, and let's, this is maybe a good segue into talking over under because one thing that I've thought with the Bengals for a lot of times this season, but also kind of in this playoffs is they have a lot more offensive production compared to the amount of points that they have. Like, I feel like they should have scored more points this postseason than they have. I mean, 26 against Las Vegas. And that's a, that's a good Las Vegas team. And there was that game got really weird at some points too. So that's kind of where that score came from. Tennessee, they they should have scored a lot more points than that. Joe Burrow had 348 yards of passing, probably should have scored more than 19 in that game. And then against Kansas City, um, you know, I that was a weird game. There was only two possessions in the fourth quarter. That game did go into overtime. They kicked the field goal to win it. Probably could have gotten a touchdown there. But I feel like their offense has been better than the total number of points that they've been scoring. So um for me. 
I'll let you guys go. Robert, it's your turn to go. But that's just one thing that I'm thinking about with the Bengals right now is I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the Bengals offense put up more points, even though they are playing a better defense in the Rams, because I expect them to be putting up a bit more points. Well, and you do, uh, just to circle back a little bit, you do bring up an interesting point with the Rams schedule. And, um, you know, I mean, in the NFC, they they beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship, and the 49ers beat the one seed and the three seed in the NFC. So, you know, I get where you're coming from there um, because really the only tough opponent, theoretically, they've had to play is the Bucs. Um, anyway, that said, as far as over-under goes, I think I like the under. I know that this one started at 48. And it moved to 48 and a half, I believe. Um, so people are betting the over here, it, it would appear. But that's interesting because I've also heard a lot about a lot of money being thrown at the under. Um, with that extra half point in there, I do like the under. Um, and the reason why is kind of what you said, Sam, just now of the Bengals they put up a lot of yards, but they don't necessarily score a lot of points. And you may, there's one school of thought of saying, well, that has to change, right? Like if they keep being productive, that, that has to change on the other end of it. I think to myself, well, the Rams have arguably the best defense in the NFL. And if the Bengals already struggle to score points, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when they face, you know, a team that is solid up front and on the back end. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the Rams are really going to kind of suffocate this Bengals defense, or I'm sorry, this Bengals offense. Um, and the Rams, I think that McVay is the kind of coach where, and I guess their scheme is the kind of scheme where it's more of like, let's do offensively, whatever it is we need to do in order to win the game. They don't necessarily blow a lot of people out if that makes sense. Um, so like if the, if the Bengals were held to 17 points and the Rams were going to win the game, I wouldn't expect the score to be 42, 17. I would expect it to be like 27, 17. Um, I just see this as a game where I don't know, the Rams offense just kind of does enough. I feel like they're going to rely more on their defense. The defense is just so good. And yeah, I'm, I would hammer the under here. And, uh, I'll have another prop in a little bit that involves the under, but stay tuned. We call that a teaser in the business, Chris, over under 48 and a half. I'm heavy on the under on this one. I, I love the points that Irby brought up, and I want to add to that the fact that neither team can really run the football to sustain drives efficiently and kind of maybe change it up in the red zone if they do get that close. And you mix that with the fact that they're both, I mean, the Rams have a much better red zone touchdown defense. Uh, the Bengals are kind of mid of the pack, but they, I mean, it's not like they're terrible. They're just kind of middle of the road in that regard. Uh, but both of them are, I believe in the, uh, what is it like mid twenties range in terms of just rushing game uh, efficiency uh, yards, everything, you name it kind of across the board. Um, so they just don't get a lot of production and it showed out in, in the games thus far. I mean, heavy reliance on the pass, heavy reliance on the big play. Um, I do expect that to be the case uh, going into this game is each of these teams are going to try to one up each other 
Um, I know that the Bengals approach to it was we're just going to drop everybody and dare the Chiefs to run. And they didn't run for some reason. I have no idea why they kind of completely abandoned that side or, or, or went against it. But um, I, I just feel like this game has all the makings of maybe a few exciting big plays, uh, some pretty inconsistent drives um, for the majority of the game and some red zone opportunities that result in field goals more so than touchdowns. Uh, so I feel like this is a kind of 48 to 40 type scoring range type game um, more so than anything. What people expect is because they see Burrow, they see uh, Stafford, they see these offenses, they see, you know, uh, Cooper cup and, and chase on either side. I, I think every single special prop is like, everyone's going to have 300 yards passing and two touchdowns and 50 yard bombs. And they expect it to be like the Rams chiefs Monday night football game from a couple of years back. But I, I just don't see that. Usually in these Super Bowls, teams play tight. Uh, this is the Bengals' first time there. Um, they got to get used to uh, the prolonged halftime. I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of variables that aren't uh, normally thought of when you think of uh, a Super Bowl opportunity, especially for one where pretty sure I saw somewhere that's like the Bengals only have like one person on their roster who's ever even been in a Super Bowl before. Um, the Rams, you know, they've been there a few years back, but they got absolutely just stymied by the Pats. Uh, but they do enjoy the comforts of home. I just don't think that it's going to be that much of an advantage, though, because there's probably going to be a lot of traveling Cincinnati area fans going to this game. So it's going to be pretty neutral in that regard. So I just... I can't make the argument to buy into the narrative that this is usually when people have that assumption going in, it ends up being the exact opposite of the type of game. And I feel like this one's going to be like that. Uh, that's just so boring. Why would you choose to live your life like that? I'm betting the over in the Super Bowl. I'm betting the over. I, I want to see points. I want to see Joey Brr out there. Okay. Like I, I don't want to see defense. I don't care who's playing defense. I don't care who Aaron Donald is like, Chances are they're going to double team him. He's going to get two run stuffs. They're going to freak out like he's the greatest football player ever, and then we're not going to hear from him the rest of the game. That's that's what happens. Look, also, Jalen Ramsey can only cover one guy. He can't cover two. And if he's on Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd's wide open. T. Higgins is wide open. I'm telling you, I love the over in this. I love the over. I love it. I love it. I actually went down. This is some pretty rudimentary way of um, looking at this. But I think 48 and a half was really strategically picked by Vegas. Obviously, it was, but unique that it seemed to work out like this. So 20 games have been played by both teams so far this season. Uh, in the Rams games, an over of 48 and a half has gone over 10 times. So 10 and 10 over 48 and a half. For the Bengals, 10 and 10. That's just pretty, it's pretty interesting that it worked out like that. But one thing I did look at, again, we talked about the two quarterbacks, Stafford and Burrow in this game. And obviously these are two passing offenses and they've been passing really well as of late. Stafford and Burrow in their last five starts, each of them have passed for um, 300 plus yards in three of their last five starts. So we should expect to see about 600 plus yards of passing. If you can get, 200 combined yards rushing at least even with just 600 yards passing 
800 plus total yards of offense is a lot of offense to have an under of 48 and a half. And then I look at, do these teams where they normally score? Uh, the Rams have scored over 24, 14 times this season. The Bengals have scored over 24, only 12 times this season. I do think this game has big play potential to it. I like that it's on turf indoors for the over. And I also like that you have two really good kickers in Matt Gay and McPherson. Uh, Two good kickers indoors on turf, passing offenses. I think it'll go over just barely, but I think it'll go over. I could, I, I could see something like 30, 27, 30, 27, maybe 27, 24, something like that. It'll be, it'll be close. It'll be one. It'll be about one possession away from 48 and a half. We're not going to get anything. I great, do th- but yeah, I think it'll be close to like my official score prediction would probably be 27, 20. So, I mean, that's right in that range as well. So this is definitely yeah. a tougher line to bet, but. So let me, let me ask you this, Sam, is that. 30-27 with the Rams winning and the Bengals covering, or are you going with the money line? Um, look, I, I think this will be a really close game. My question is, is you see the Rams I, I'll, I'll get, I'll get there. Game. I think it'll be a really close game. Um, I think it's going to come down to the minute details of the game. And look, that minute details, when I mean that, I mean the fundamentals. Special teams and penalties. Who's the least penalized team in the NFL? The Cincinnati Bengals. Who has the hottest kicker in the NFL? The Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Bengals 30, Rams 27. McPherson at the end. And you know what? McPherson, you know what the good thing about playing in a dome in Los Angeles is? There's no wind. Apparently there's lightning, but there's no wind. So let's do some Super Bowl specials. And there is a special that I wanted to look at as with my boy, Evan McPherson, to have a successful 50 plus yard field goal is plus 140 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. To be honest, I think that's a little bit low for a 50 plus yarder. Uh, 140. I don't think there's a ton of value in that, but I do think they are going to trot him out for some long field goals where you would normally see teams punt. I think they're going to go for it. So that's a fun one. Guys, any other of these Super Bowl special props that you like? I have a couple others in here um, that I like as well, but just go for it. Shoot them out whenever you feel like it. Well, number one, the Super Bowl specialty props are only fun if you get fun odds. You know, going for the minor marginal ones, anything to me less than like 400 plus 350, you know, you're not really getting uh, the kind of value and bang for your buck on the return of it. So I'm looking for things that are at least for me, plus 400 and above and an exciting play. So for me, I love the Cooper Cup to have a 50 plus yard touchdown reception at plus 400 to start. How have we seen time and time again that he burns somebody off the line? He does that uh, just 
insane sprint downfield where he catches everybody looking. And then you have Matt Stafford with the absolute cannon able to catch him in stride time and time again. And sign me up for that. If I'm going to bet on an exciting play to happen, it's going to be a Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner this year, getting a bomb from Matt Stafford as a long touchdown. Um, if I can same game parlay with that on DraftKings and find multiple odds where I can get not only him to have a long touchdown, but also to have Stafford paired with that as well. It's kind of like fantasy football. You want to, you want to pair your kicker. I'm assuming you pair your quarterback and your wide receiver, same game parlays. I'm looking for the same thing. If I can find boost odds, I'm doing the same thing. You know, you can find ways to get that combination into, you know, the plus eight hundreds and put down uh, a, a couple shekels and really have, you know, a, a, a genuinely fun moment if it hits uh, with a pretty low investment as well. So uh, that's number one for me. Um, some of the other ones, I mean, you get a lot of combinations in terms of the overall production in this game. So you got to look at like both sides of the football and, and, and what's going on. Um, I don't like a lot of the ones where it assumes that Jamar Chase is going to have a, a, a just an outstanding game. He is going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment, you know, Ramsey is, you know, prone to a couple misses here and there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Burrow is going to be able to take advantage of those in his first Super Bowl game. So I'm not going to bet on that one. Uh, but um, just the. Uh, for me, I'm looking at the ones and I don't necessarily see them on the list, but anything where I can get odds on um, like Odell Beckham getting, you know, plus 50 yards. You know, the combination of catches in Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham's yards. Uh, I'm looking at any of those combined parlays as well, because um, I do feel like the bulk majority of the offensive production on the Rams is going to come from those two players. Um, I do feel like this is a type of game where it just feels like it's going to be an Odell Beckham type game where you're going to get some sneaky production from him. Uh, so I'm going to look across the board to see if I can also not only combine their wide receiver production, but and it won't be sneaky don't production. They, yeah. they won't be able to shut up about him. It won't, no. there'll be nothing sneaky be about awesome. Odell in this game. It's going to be great. And you're just salty as a Browns fan because he left to go to a better team. So it's, it's fine. And decided that he wanted to Because he's a better again. passer than Baker. Oh, who said that? <laughs> well, that's, that's Matt Stafford being a better thrower than Baker was, was pretty decided. But, that's yeah, pretty any, obvious. And any combination where I can find special. No, Odell odds. being a better passer than. Yeah. Oh, Odell. <laughs> The way they played this year, Jarvis was a better. Actually, do you know the two, the only two NFL players currently to have a perfect quarterback rating are Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Just legends. Legends. Yeah, legends. Anyway, sorry, Chris. We stole your thunder there, but no, no. I mean, you can just just go on DraftKings, build a a same game parlay and just around the narrative that you think is gonna happen. So if I Who's think your that efforts. What's that? Choose your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. So if I'm going to go in there and I can just do this real quick, I'm going to go with, uh, let's say, if I'm betting on the Rams, just have some pretty, uh, you know, standard level production. You know, I can easily build odds to get into the plus 500s, plus 600s. Even I have ones that are some tasty ones at over plus 1,000 type odds built right now that I cannot wait to cash in on. Uh, so figure out what you want to root for. Added up on the same game parlay, anything over on DraftKings right now. There's so many different types of scenarios you go there. It's, it's almost, I can't even think of how many different uh, iterations you can do of the same types of parlays out there uh, to give yourself uh, some pretty good odds. 
And that's the way I would probably play this game. Assuming me, bet the Super Bowl is through same game parlays on production on either side of the football. That's just me. The two that I really caught my eyes, and I kind of talked about this with my score prediction, and I said both quarterbacks have thrown for 300 plus in three of their last five starts. Both teams have scored 25 or more, and both quarterbacks have 250 or more. That's currently setting at plus 450. I think that's phenomenal odds if you are feeling the over. These teams aren't going to run the ball. Basically, you're getting plus 450 for betting the over. So if you want to bet the over, but you want better odds than the classic minus 110 or whatever it's going to be, I like that because you basically get a bet that should be even odds. You're getting it at plus 450. So I think that's a phenomenal one. Even if you're betting the under, 450 is just throw something at that and that can cover the rest of your bets for the night. Um, And then another one that I like here is either quarterback to throw a 50 plus yard touchdown pass. That's at plus 200. I, I, these offenses are used to it. And I think the one that we have seen for the Rams is they'll line up either Van Jefferson or Cooper cup. They'll kind of motion them into a slot. And then they'll run kind of a skinny post with them. And somehow it's always wide open. I think that play might happen in this game. That would maybe get you 50 plus yards. And then when Jamar Chase gets the ball, who knows who's going to tackle him. So you can always bet on on that one. Um, So those, I I like that one as well. But yeah, again, both teams to score 25 plus and both quarterbacks to throw for 250 or more yards at plus 450, I think is... Um, it's theft to be quite honest with you. If you like the over, you should love that bet. So there's a few I like here. Uh, I'm going to start this off with one. That's a real doozy. Uh, Aaron Donald, Super Bowl MVP odds plus 1600. Now I get it. This is usually a quarterback award or occasionally a wide receiver award. Um, but Aaron Donald, I think this matchup is phenomenal for Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald, not only is he obviously very good at rushing the passer, but he is a defensive tackle. He's not a defensive end. And we've talked about the Bengals weak offensive line at length. Um, but in particular where they are weak is with their guards, and so the guys that would have to block Aaron Donald are it's one of the weakest groups in the NFL. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald could have four sacks in this game. He really could. Um, and I think he could end up with some crazy, crazy numbers where you look up and you're like, wait a minute, this is one of the best defensive performances in a Super Bowl of all time. Because let's keep in mind here, Aaron Donald is a three-time defensive player of the year in the NFL, and he is still very much in his prime. Um, He is arguably the best defensive player of our generation, maybe the best defensive player since Ray Lewis. Um, And another note here is that the odds for Aaron Donald to win Super Bowl MVP started at plus 5,000, and they have gone down all the way to plus 1,600. Now, Obviously, if you're listening to this now, that means you kind of missed the boat a little bit on those odds, but plus 1600 is still very, very, very good. And it shows that a lot of money is being funneled towards Aaron Donald to win MVP. And I think it's really, 
really plausible. Um, and so on that note, there's a bet here that's Aaron Donald to record a full sack um, is minus 200. I wouldn't necessarily bet that on its own, but I think that's a nice little thing to just throw into a parlay. Um, if you're going for one of DraftKings' same game parlays, that's a nice little thing to throw in there, boost your odds a little bit. I also really like the Rams over three and a half sacks is plus 105. Um, Joe Burrow is getting sacked on average about three and a half times per game. It's like 3.3 times per game that he starts. Um, so it's right at that number here. The Rams, as I said, they have Aaron Donald. They also have Von Miller. Like they, They're going to get after Joe Burrow. They really are. Um, I think that this number hits. This number might hit in the first half, and the fact that you get plus odds on it is pretty great. Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford to have a reception, plus 800. Why not? A little Philly special, uh, a callback to Nick Foles and Tom Brady which running team, the same play. Which team do it. you think is more likely to pull off a crazy trick play? I would say the Rams because yeah. McVeigh is the creative offensive coach. Odell Beckham is Odell's got like, a cannon. Yeah. Odell's a pretty good passer for yeah. a wide receiver. Well, we already um, said I, he has a perfect passer rating. Right. Like you said. Yeah. So <laughs> I would, I would like Stafford to get that catch, but I could see them throwing in a wrinkle and having Jamar throw a pass to Burrow just for funsies. Um, and then lastly here, a pretty big parlay, but I like it is Burrow and Stafford combining for 450 and three touchdowns through the air. That's pretty easy. These are two of the most pass-happy quarterbacks in the league. 450 is not a lot. Three touchdowns, I think they can get that. Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase to combine for 130 receiving yards. Uh, Cup might get that on his own. And then uh, Cam Akers and Joe Mixon, 150 yards from scrimmage. So not just rushing yards, that includes receiving yards. The two of them to combine for 150. And then lastly, under the total score to be under 51 and a half. So you get an extra three points from the original over under. All of that combined plus 650. Um, the only one of those I feel nervous about is Akers and Mixon. The other three I feel are, are almost locks. Um, so I think that that's a nice little parlay to throw something out. There's a lot of fun ones. All right. Well, the most important bets of the night are the novelty props. And these are the bets that really everyone's talking about and that everyone wants to know. If you go on the DraftKings Sportsbook, you can find some of these. Uh, they're just, just the greatest things that you have ever laid your eyes on. Uh, I, am, I am so, so very excited to talk about these novelty props. So the first one here, any kick to hit the uprights? I'm guessing this means a field goal attempt. I haven't looked into the to the rules for it, but I'm guessing this means field goal attempt hit the upright, not kickoff. Oh, if a kickoff hit the upright, that that's be- what I wasn't wow. sure about this with. I think it's implied for field goal. It has to be on like on a scoring attempt. Yeah, I actually hate this one. I feel like you're throwing your money away. Can you still do a drop kick in the NFL? I believe the last team to do it was the Patriots, but that was a while ago. Um, anyway, that's a plus 400 if you're feeling that one. Uh, coin toss outcome, heads or tails. I mean, tails never fails. 
you got to go tails on that. Minus one. 105 odds on each of those. Unless Don't you're the Bills, things. then tails fails. If you're the Bills, tails fails. Uh, and if you're the Bills, your defense fails too, pretty pretty regularly. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about we, the one we all want to talk about. Yeah. Coin toss winner. No one cares about that. Um, color of Gatorade. This is why we all joined the podcast tonight. It really is. So there are a couple of... Th- First I can off, start, Sam, depend- if you want. I, I, you know, I, I want you to start, but I have my thought process on it as well. Go on. Sure. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to stifle the the creative juices that you have flowing right you, now. You won't. You won't. I you just, can't stifle my juices. Correct? I just won't predict the color of those creative juices. You can save that for your own comments. But looking back, and I, I there's a pretty well documented history of. Colors of Gatorades per Super Bowl. I think it goes back of, of at least a few decades, but I'm going to try to keep it relevant within the last 10 Super Bowls. So let's go back to the 2012 Super Bowl from last year to 2012, which was the, the giant Super Bowl uh, that they won against the Patriots in that 2011, 2012 season. So in the last 10 Super Bowls, because I like 10 as a nice round number in order to figure like what the trend is in the, in the last decade. Uh, going back to the Seahawks in 2014, I think it's pretty to me distributed even odds between blue and orange. Blue has been three of the last seven. I think orange has been three of the last eight. Uh, There have been a few nuns in there and none is, I guess, either um, just, they just didn't do it at all whatsoever, but I think you can get none paired with clear. Is that correct? I'm not exactly sure. I, if it's none, America loses. Yes. No, none but none is its own bet. There's none is none, its own bet. So there you go. So clear none is, is plus like, six hundred and clear yeah. is plus two fifty. You haven't had clear since the 08 Giants. So I feel like that's been long enough that what even is clear? Is I that like the water. Gatorade Frost? It's or no, it it's water. 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 Yes. Tom Coughlin was like, Oh, we're not gonna drink Gatorade. So we're you gonna have, drink water like real men. You have recent history essentially showing you that it's either blue or orange, but Blue was last year, so I don't feel like you're going to get back-to-back years. We haven't had back-to-back similar colors since the 2011 and 2010 Packers Saints Super Bowls, and they both went with orange. So I'm just I'm not feeling the fact that they're both going to roll blue again, even though blue, if you're the Rams, would make sense.